Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode number 209, which we are recording on Monday, December 30th, 2019. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And happy end of the year or... Or start of the new New year. year. Happy new year. Because by the time this episode is released, it will be 2020. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Start of a whole new decade. Yeah. Today we're recording at the beautiful University of California at Santa Cruz campus again because it's the week between Christmas and New Year when the university shuts down. So it's almost vacant here. We might hear an occasional car, but we're sitting in front of some beautiful redwoods and it's very, very peaceful here right now. It's beautiful here. I'm really happy that we were able to find a day to do a winter episode on campus here Mm -hmm. (laughs) we tried to sit so that we had the ocean view but it was a little too loud so we're we have shucks we have a redwood view instead yes and it's a beautiful sunny day here it's just an incredibly clear crisp beautiful winter day it is very nice so what are you wearing i am wearing one of my favorite finishes of 2019 it is the evening dew cardigan I finished this a couple of episodes ago, and I was so excited. I was telling Gail I wore it to a Christmas party that I went to, and everybody wanted to touch my sweater, (laughs) and everybody kept telling me how beautiful it was, and of course that made me feel good. That's not necessarily why I wore it, but the main reason why I wore it is because actually wearing the sweater made me feel good. I've got the Joan Jett song, Do You Want to Touch Me There? (laughs) (laughs) Not what I meant. (laughs) But if you could see her in person, she's so fuzzy. You do just literally want to reach out and pet her like she's a kitten. And Gail and I were talking just briefly about how sometimes we make these gorgeous, beautiful sweaters And then we want to save them for the special occasion. So I had made this. I have not worn it very much. I wore it to the party. And then since I wore it to the party, it had been sitting at the foot of my bed on my clothes pile that sometimes grows there occasionally. Sweater pile. until you put them away and it grows again. Yes. So it had been sitting there since, and I looked at it, looked at the sweater sitting there every day thinking, oh, I love that sweater, but I haven't worn it. And finally today, to record, I thought, you know what? Just wear the sweater. It makes you feel so good. You love it. Wear the pretty sweater. That's why I made it. So you guys, we are the special occasion. Yes. <laughs> a special occasion for you to wear the sweater. Recording yes, the podcast. Exactly. Seeing your knitting friends. But that's the point. Don't save your sweaters for special occasions. Wear them. Wear them all the time. Wear them someplace that will make you feel good. Wear them when you need to feel good. Wear them around the house. Just to feel wear good. them. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So once again, evening do cardigan <laughs> and yeah it should be named something about kittens because you really do look like a fluffy kitten that i just want to reach out and pet i just saw a really fluffy puppy earlier today you guys mm. and it just yeah <laughs> Cuddly so things. what are you wearing gail i am wearing my mint sweater which is a design by ann ginger our friend ag so-and-so on ravelry and this is knit in 
Neighborhood Fiber Company's Studio Worsted in, I'm pretty sure it's Rock Creek colorway, which is her emerald green, slightly tonal variegated colorway. That sounds familiar. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the name. And I love this sweater. It is not cropped. It hits me high hip, which is exactly where I want it to hit. And she designed it so it kind of looks like a track jacket, sort of like, you know, track suit yes. jacket. Yes. And it has these lines at the bottom of I-cord that just look like an Adidas track jacket. That's oh, what she wanted it to look like. And it has these great little pockets and it's just a great sweater. I don't wear it often enough. And I don't even know why I reached for it today, but I have a mm-hmm. little turquoise camisole on and I thought green's not going to match turquoise, but oh, this, good. yeah, this yarn has these little tiny yes, bits of turquoise. So they look, it looks really cute together. So I think this might be a go-to new outfit for me. Yeah. And Max is on his eternal search for the perfect green color yarn because Max wants me to make him a turtleneck sweater in fingering weight yarn. That's not going to be hard or anything. (laughs) And he has a very particular color of green in his head. And when he saw me wearing this today, he said, that is the right color, which is an emeraldy. I'm pointing to a specific part of my sleeve. You guys can't tell that. But Charlene, I'm saying it for Charlene because Mm -hmm. she will probably remember the color better it's than more I on can. The dark end. Yes, yeah. of emerald. So he said the parts where there's some turquoise in it, not so much, but yeah. the other parts without the turquoise. So we're going to check out Neighborhood Fiber Company this year. You'll have to bring like that always. with you. Oh, good idea. Yeah. Karita and Neighborhood Fiber Company are always at Stitches, so yeah. we'll check out her rock Because a Creek. photo just won't do it. You need to bring it with you. The real or thing. If and you our have, Yes, or if you have some yarn left over. I do not. Bring, okay. So I'll just bring the sweater. Yeah. Shucks, I'll wear the sweater to Stitches. <laughs> it's been decided. So that's what I'm wearing. My mint sweater by Ann Ginger. And what have you been stocking? Well, I haven't been stocking this, but I have to mention all of the baby Yodas that have been <laughs> popping up all over Ravelry. That seems to be the hot topic of conversation in many, many groups. It seems to be, there always seems to be a new controversy about a baby Yoda pattern. A controversy? There's been controversies. Oh, I didn't know that. Because apparently some designers of stuffed baby Yoda patterns have been served with cease and desist letters by Disney for copyright infringement. Oh, my goodness. Very sad. Yeah. Very, very sad because the fandom of Star Wars, the Star Wars fandom is what keeps this franchise going. No kidding. So... It's sad that the fans cannot create. I guess you can create it. You just cannot sell the pattern for others to create. Okay. So that's a little sad. But there have been many popping up. I feel like the whole holiday season, every time I log on to Ravelry, there's a different Baby Yoda pattern. And when I checked on it, today when I was looking for when I was writing my show notes actually 
I checked to see if there was another Baby Yoda pattern, and I did notice that there were a couple more that the patterns had been pulled. Oh, so okay. that means probably more designers have been contacted to remove their patterns for copyright wow. infringement. It's funny you brought that up because Mike and I were just talking this morning about how surprised we are that the fandom of Star Wars is still so strong. I mean, that first movie came out when I was 11 years yeah, old, 40 exactly. years ago, and the fandom is just exactly. bigger than ever. Yeah, I remember being too young to see the movie because I think it was rated R or something. No. They used to drop us off for the double feature. No, I remember I tried to go see one of them and they wouldn't let me in. That's weird. Yeah. Oh, maybe a subsequent one was rated R because I think I saw the first one like mm -hmm. seven times because our parents literally would drop <laughs> us drop off at the off. Del Mar, pick us up four hours later. And it's, it's possible that, you know, I was a young kid. It's possible this theater had different rules. Oh, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Anyway. So that is one of the things that I have noticed about the hot right now, just very recently. I know it's been since the release of that new series, The Mandalorian, that mm -hmm. Disney has. So Tried to watch it, couldn't get into it. Oh. <laughs> so the other things that I am stalking, or I should say the things that I am stalking, first one is a sweater called Allo by... Anna Joanna, and she is the designer of the hubby hat that I stocked several episodes ago. Now, I showed Gail this sweater right before we left to record, and it is very similar to the Love Note sweater that I made several of, <laughs> that I made several sweat. I made several love note sweaters and this one, of course, it's a different sweater. So it has a different lace pattern, but it's similar in the fact that it does have that lace yoke area. This one also has lace placed on the arms, I think. Oh, I didn't wrists. know that. Wrists. Maybe the cuffs. I can't quite remember. That would be a tricky place for lace if you wear bracelets or watches. That's true. Hmm, interesting. That's true. But it is also knit in one strand of lace and one strand of mohair, which, like the Evening Dew sweater that I am wearing, I quite like mm -hmm. right now. So this one caught my eye. Allo by Anna Joanna. I think it's the same as Love Note in the fact that it is a circular yoke. I don't think that it's raglan. I think it's basic. It looks circular. circular. Yeah. Yeah. So very similar top down. The next thing that I am stocking is a hat series and it is by Hintermstein. She uh. has a new series of hats that so cute. The idea for these hats. It's called Domes Around the World, and I just thought that was such a cute idea. It is. So far, she has two patterns released. The first one is the Pantheon in Rome. The second one is the Capitol Building in Washington, D.C. And she takes an architectural drawing of the dome and translates that into a hat pattern that you wear on your dome. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think of that. <laughs> I think I think it's such That's a cute so idea. so funny. I yeah. didn't even make that connection. Oh Very gosh. cute idea. I enjoy that. 
And I am curious to see what other domes she'll do. I'm, I, I'm sure she'll have people suggesting domes. <laughs> I just started reading The Agony and the Ecstasy yesterday, mm-hmm. which is a biographical novel about Michelangelo. And they kept talking oh. about the Duomo. So that would be a cool one because that's yeah. a beautiful dome yeah. in Florence, Italy. Yeah. So I would love I had, to see the Palace of Fine Arts. That would be gorgeous too. Yeah. Yes. So I had that dome floating around my dome because I just read that last night. Oh my gosh, somebody stopped me. <laughs> and then the next thing I am stocking is a sweater designed by Jennifer Steingas called Bright Feather. And this one has been around the social medias for a little while. I've been seeing it pop up here and there. And Jennifer Steingas designs it looks like, I believe, mostly colorwork sweaters. Yeah. And this one, this particular one, Bright Feather, is designed in two strands of mohair silk held together, which is so soft and fuzzy mm, yeah. and light. It just seems ethereal. So, yes, so pretty. And feathers, since I love birds, I like feathers. And she created the sample in a very low contrast combo. It was a gray and a natural color. Beautiful. Very which subtle. Which I really sophisticated. Liked. Yes. Yeah. Very, very subtle. And I tend to be drawn into very low contrast color work combos. I tend to like that. So that is Bright Feather by Jennifer Steingas. And how about you, Gail? What are you stalking? Well, I've been off my computer because I'm on break. Mm -hmm. So I literally have only been using my computer to watch Netflix (laughs) and occasionally check in on Ravelry, but I haven't even gone into our Ravelry group because I know if I go in, I'll spend hours catching up. So I'm trying to be detached. So (laughs) I have not been stalking except for one literal stalking episode. We were out, Charlene and I, with our local knitting friends for our little holiday lunch. And it was an a, a local cafe where most of it's outdoors, but partially indoors. So a lot of people were wearing hats because we were all sitting outside. And a woman walked by in a knit beanie that was turquoisey green with speckles. And it had a hole for her messy bun ponytail. And I was like, oh my gosh, Charlene, Carol, look at her. Look at her hat. Look at her hat. And she had already disappeared into the restaurant. So I was literally stalking, waiting for her to come out of the restaurant so I could get Charlene and Carol to look at this really cute hat. So I deduced that it is the CC beanie. Oh, you figured it out. I recognized it right away because I've seen it a lot. So this is a super common pattern. It's been out probably over a year. Mm -hmm. And... It basically alternates a horizontal sections of stockinette and garter, or maybe it's stockinette and reverse stockinette. I'm not exactly okay. sure, but it's super simple. And of course, I went home and looked it up right away. Mm-hmm. And there's a free version on Ravel- Ravelry called the Copycat CC Beanie. And I forgot to write down the designer, but it's free. And there are people who did the messy bun style so that you just don't completely do all the decreases in the crown and you know, cinch up the hole. You leave enough of an opening to get Mm -hmm. your hair through. So I've been dying to cast on this beanie, but as you'll hear soon, I have not had an opportunity to cast on anything new. So that's going to be on the needle soon. I'm super excited. I know what yarn I'm going to use. I have a skein of Kim's Western Sky Knits Magnolia Worsted in the Surprise colorway, which is a dark tonal gray with 
speckles of surprise colors. Charlene has used it several times in beautiful sweaters. Yeah. And I snagged a skein of worsted last year at Stitches thinking it would be perfect for a hat. And now I know exactly what hat it's going to be. So pretty soon that will be a self-indulgent knit-along cast on for me. Here at the Yarniacs podcast, we just love Lolo Body Care's skincare products. From their moisturizer that fits our Yarniac lifestyle, to their artisan handcrafted soap, and their fan favorite face pudding, we've enjoyed their products over the years. We're thrilled they're sponsoring Yarniacs this month. If you've never tried Lolo's products or simply need to reorder, now is the time. To celebrate the new year, they're offering our loyal Yarniacs a 10% discount on all orders in January. Lolo's products feature eco-friendly moisturizers that really do fit the Yarniacs lifestyle, keeping our skin hydrated and not greasy so we can feel our best this winter in the lovely sweaters we've created. We've used their products and just love them. Go to lolobodycare.com, that's L-O-L-O bodycare.com, and use code YARNIAX2020 when checking out. Lolo Body Care will also be vending at Vogue Knitting Live New York, January 17th through 19th, and Stitches West in Santa Clara, California, February 20th through the 23rd. If you're there, be sure to swing by their booth. Thanks again to our friends at Lolo Body Care for being our newest supporters of the Yarniacs podcast. Thank you, Lolo and Kismet. We've chatted with Kismet every year at Stitches for over a decade now. <laughs> She's a really sweet lady. Her yes. products are great. And I am going to try that face pudding, my favorite brand of facial moisturizer. They stopped making it. And you know that period where you have to start trying all these yes. different products, but you've yes. used the face pudding. And I have used yeah. the face pudding. I have used several different blends and I have liked them all. So yeah. I'm gonna, I especially at the 10% discount, I'm going to do that one. Yes. I, I highly recommend it. <laughs> so thank you, Kismet. Thank you, Lolo. All right. So what are you knitting? I am knitting. In my hands, I have another easy watch cap. I know I said I was done with this pattern, but, well, maybe I just thought it. I think you just thought it. I don't think you actually said it. You do Maybe I did You have a favorite pattern of the year, basically, for I do. This one is just so easy because you cast on and then you rib and you go around and around and around for many, many inches because it's a fold-up cap. And the ribbing is, of course, reversible. And I don't have to think about it. So it's the perfect project to carry around. And it's teeny and it fits into small places. Fits in my purse. Yeah. Tiny needles, tiny skein of yarn. So we'll keep going on this. We'll see. And it's really pretty yarn. It's all, and it's all leftovers. That's, that's great. That's the best thing. I get to use all of my quantities of leftover sweater yarn. I think I'm going to start making leftover hats with my bits of mohair. Leftovers too. Wouldn't those be nice? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Mohair gets a big smile on my face. Yeah. Same. (laughs) And then I did start another pattern or another sweater. It's called Daw. It's a pattern by Amy Miller. And I am using my Holstgarn Tides yarn. And the story about the Daw pattern is that after the last episode with Robbie, when we were talking about utilizing our pattern stash, 
I was also strolling through my pattern stash, discovered that this pattern was in my pattern library. I do not remember purchasing it, or I don't remember when I purchased it. I know that there's a date there that shows me that I did purchase it <laughs> on a specific date, but I had forgotten. So just like yarn, you forget about what's in your pattern stash. So just like going through your yarn stash, I recommend going through your pattern stash mm -hmm. periodically. I know we mentioned that last episode as well, but I can't be stated <laughs> too often because here we are. I have cast on this pattern from stash with yarn from stash. So that works out pretty Yay, well. Yay, for the self-indulgent knit-along. For the self-indulgent right? knit-along, exactly. Because I figured, hey, if I liked this pattern enough that I purchased it in the past, I saw it, I still like it, might as well, now's the time. Yep. <laughs> and now Daw is a pattern that turns out it's pretty basic. It is a, it's not, this one is not oversized, but it is does have pos positive ease. It's a pullover with a standard, pretty basic crew neck. The interesting point is that it has a very large split on the sides so that you can see whatever garment you're wearing underneath and layering with it. And on the sides, with where the V is, it's got seed stitch detail down along those two edges. It's got a big section, a four inch section of ribbing, and then the back is a little bit longer than the front. So it's got some cute elements. The yarn is fingering weight and the pattern is pretty basic. They say that it's knit top down, but it's almost one of those basic patterns where you start at one end, one edge, you knit up to the shoulders, and then you knit down the front. Oh, really? It, that's basically what it is, except it is knit top down in the fact that you, you knit, you start at the shoulders on the back, and then you knit your rectangle down, all the mm -hmm. way down, and then you pick up stitches for the front and you knit your rectangle front all, all the, way the way down. down. It's interesting. I'm, I don't, I'm not loving the construction of it just because I'm working on the front now. And at this point, because I'm knitting down from the shoulders, I'm ending up with this big huge rectangle I'll bet, yeah. it's, with it's like a hole for like your head a blanket or yeah okay. basically it's it's a seems a little basic i mean i i look at the pictures and it will turn out cute eventually mm -hmm. but it seems a little basic okay <laughs> so i'm not loving the construction we'll see how the sleeves go on but the pattern is pretty minimal because it's you know, like I said you knit this front rectangle back rectangle and then your I think I'm going to pick up for sleeves and knit the sleeves down okay. but then I'll have to seam the sides together first mm -hmm. so I haven't read through the whole pattern yet so we'll see how it goes interesting yeah yeah 
I'm beginning to think that my version of the sweater that Charlene's talking about that oh, I have in similar. my pattern yeah. library. Very similar. What is it Perforated sweater yes, by, by Suvi Samoa. And I've had that in my queue in my library for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And I have yarn to knit it and I just haven't knit it yet. And when Charlene showed me Daw, I said, oh my gosh, that's so similar to so Perforated. Similar, but yeah. the construction is very different because Perforated is a raglan, top-down raglan. Yeah. I think had I realize I probably would have preferred the raglan construction. I'm actually pretty happy right now that <laughs> I have one with raglan construction. We'll see. I might, I might like the sleeves. I don't know how the sleeves, I'm a little bit, I'll have to see how the sleeves are written. Mm-hmm. I'm really, I'm a little concerned how the sleeves are going to be written to pick up the stitches around the armhole. That are just straight up and down with no shaping? There's minimal shaping. Okay, there's, so there's a little? There's Yeah, very, very little shaping. Hmm. I'll have to see how it goes. I'm interested. You'll hear. Yeah, I will hear. <laughs> you will hear yeah. about it. So that is Daw by Amy Miller. Those are the only two things I have on the needles right now. I haven't cast on another shawl or another cowl. I really need to. I keep thinking about it. But because of the holidays, I just haven't taken the time to sit down and match more projects up with pattern pattern and yarn to match pattern and yarn up is what I should say. But I really need to because I, I want to get at least one more thing on the needles. So what are you knitting, Gail? I only have one thing on the needles. Oh, you too. Because I am oh, wow. marathon knitting. So it is Monday. <laughs> Olivia's birthday party is mm. Sunday, and I got sidetracked on the Wee Malia sweater that I'm knitting for her for her first birthday. And I'm now, I'm on my second of four balls of yarn. This is worsted. I'm using Western Sky Knits Merino 17 worsted, which is heavenly. <laughs> and I'm using the wine colorway, which is a beautiful burgundy yarn. And up until a few hours ago, I thought it was a three skein sweater. And I kept thinking that maybe I was getting pretty close, but no, I haven't even separated for the sleeves. So this is a top down hoodie and it's cape style. So after you start with the hood and some provisional cast on stuff, and there's some fiddly cool construction for the hood. It has a cable pattern that goes all the way up the fronts around the hood and back down and then the cuffs and the hem as well. I swapped out a different cable pattern because the cables called for in the pattern weren't working with my yarn. So I substituted one called the kisses and hugs like pattern, which is our <laughs> cable pattern seemed more suitable. Mm-hmm. And I also added on an I-cord edging, which I'm extremely happy with. I think it looks really pretty. It does. And I'm really happy with it. So I finished the hood a couple days ago. Oh, that is so adorable. cute. And oh my gosh. you basically do oh, a bunch of decreases and then knit even, and then you do a bunch of increases. So that area of decreased stitches gives you kind of your neckband. Mm-hmm. And I then you it. only do two rounds of increases for a circular yoke construction. And then you just knit like the wind. So <laughs> basically every fourth row, I have some cable stuff I have to take care of. Yeah. Other than that, it's straight up stockinette knit flat. So 
I have to have this done in a matter of days <laughs> and I have tomorrow and Wednesday off. I'm working Thursday and Friday. I fly out to Spokane Saturday morning and I have to have the knitting done before I leave because mm-hmm. I will be playing with Olivia. I will yes. not be knitting. So <laughs> I have a lot should. of knitting to complete and I will get this done, but I might be up very, very late the next few nights, and I bet you my hands are going to be sore. The crows are like, you should have been knitting that before. You are bad, but you'll hear in a minute why I haven't already finished it. So that's the only thing on my needles, but I did swatch for my first self-indulgent knit-along sweater. I'm going to knit Markley by Elizabeth Doherty. Now, you've heard of this sweater because I've knit it before, and you've knit it as well, right? I have not. Though I have stalked it multiple times and okay. said, I'm going to start Markley. I haven't, but maybe I will get around to it this time too. <laughs> yes, it's one of those. One, I already have the pattern. Two, I already have yarn. Yeah. And it's one of the sweaters in my closet that I wear a lot. The The style, I think, looks good on me. I feel good wearing it. That sweater looks so good on so many people. Yes. And we had talked about how in sewing sewists have the concept of the tried and true pattern this is a pattern that could be a tried and true pattern for so many people i have actually written in my show notes something did about you write tried that? and true <laughs> yes i did oh not on this particular one but that's i decided to go with a sweater that mm-hmm. i knew was yeah. going to work for me yeah and Elizabeth also started her sweater knit along, her winter Mm -hmm. sweater knit along, and I didn't pick it because of the knit along, but it just coincidentally, it's another knit along it works for. And I'm using Western Sky Knits tweed sock in the forget-me-not colorway, which is a beautiful light blue tweed, and it's so just delightful to work with. It's really nice. I did my swatch. My swatch was, the gauge was too big, so I'm going to drop another needle size and cast on as soon as I'm done with my wee Malia. So that's needle adjacent. It's it's really getting close. <laughs> and it seems like this episode is also brought to you by Western Sky Knits because <laughs> you're going to hear every more about that yarn. But I am really knitting down a lot of my Stitches 2019 yarn purchases. Yeah. I am so proud of myself. Yeah. So That's great. I had to add that in there. I'm just like, <laughs> wow, I'm I'm doing a good job of that this year. Doesn't always happen. So that's what I'm knitting. And what have you finished? I have finished my puntilla sweater. Yay! Patterned by Holy Locatelli. I used a single ply from Western Sky Knits. And Puntilla is a positive ease boxy shaped sweater. And I knit mine, did I just say single ply? It was a single ply yarn, so fingering weight. And it, the pattern as written, Puntilla as written, has lace edging on the cuffs and on the hem of the sweater. And I changed that out, didn't do the lace, and did a layer of ribbing instead. So I do have a tiny little contrast layer of fabric sticking out from the cuffs and the hem like the original puntilla pattern it's just not lace it's like an extra layer of ribbing super cute i love the way it came out it looks like a layered sweater as if i were wearing maybe something longer underneath it somebody asked me yeah, Carol. When we were at lunch, lunch yeah. are you wearing two sweaters? No, I'm not wearing two <laughs> Look sweaters. Look at this. 
Let me it's show you. It's just a fun hem finish. And I liked it. I really enjoyed figuring that out to change it up a little bit. It's interesting because the cedar pullover that I knit a couple months ago, also by Hohe Locatelli, has lace edging that I also left off and did ribbing to finish that one as well. So I didn't realize it when I was doing Puntia, but when I was writing my show notes, I, I made that connection and realized that, hmm, I must not be in a lace place That's for exactly some reason. In a lace yeah. place. <laughs> I'm changing things out and doing ribbing instead. Because you're in control of your knitting and you can do that's what you right. want. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so it was a contrast. It was kind of a gray, a warm gray. I believe it's called Kitten. Oh, okay. The color that I used. It's a single ply, also a single ply yarn, but it was Tosh Merino Light. And I believe it was called Kitten. I used it for another sweater. So this was leftovers. And it looked really good. Love it. It does. Love it it looks it. really pretty. So that was the first thing I finished. Second thing that I have had sitting in my knitting area for months and months and months is the Storm Shawl. It's another pattern by Hohe Locatelli. Now I had this one sitting around waiting for the ends to be woven in. And then today I soaked it and finished it off. It was a pattern that was knit in one skein of fingering weight yarn and it has drop stitches which enables the piece to be to to be larger than it normally would with just one skein of yarn because the drop stitches kind of stretch it out a little bit more than it would normally if they were tight stockinette stitches but my whole shawl is still really tiny. Oh, really? It's really strange. I think maybe I didn't use a large enough needle. Uh. I can't figure it out because I thought that I did. And I was so sure that it would also stretch bigger once it was washed. Mm -hmm. And it did. It stretched a little bit bigger. But not as big as I thought it would. Hmm. So I'm not in love with this shawl as uh. much as I thought I would be, which is fine. You know, it's, it's still a beautiful piece. I think that it can be worn as a scarf just fine mm -hmm. and someone will be happy with it. But I think that it's going to go into the gift stash. Okay. Well, I'm sorry because <laughs> you really liked that yarn too. I really like the yarn, but you know, I enjoyed knitting it and I, I like the way it looks. I might try wearing it. We'll see. I'm just not totally in love with the size. So. Shawlette with an emphasis on the et. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm really perplexed by how tiny that it came out. But you know, sometimes that happens. Sometimes your pieces don't come out for who knows, whatever reason, the way you expect them to be. And it's still beautiful. And I know that someone will enjoy it if it's not me. 
Good attitude. <laughs> so that is The Storm Shawl by Hohi Locatelli. What have you finished, Gail? Before I talk about my finishes, I have to say Elizabeth Roseanne is her Ravelry name, R-O-Z, I think, A-N-N-E. She sent me a DM on Ravelry mm-hmm. titled Jomo, so the joy of missing out, which oh. we talked about last couple of episodes. She lives in Portland, Oregon, and one of their weekly magazines, kind of like our Good Times probably, yes. has this woman with this giant hand-knit like shawl or something yeah. over her head. Maybe it's a giant <laughs> sweater. I don't know. And it says right across the front, Jomo. I was like, whoa, look at that. She said, you and Charlene are ahead of the curve. So I thought that was pretty cool. That's funny. Keeping it weird with knitting in Santa Cruz and Portland. <laughs> so what have I finished? I finished two small gifts. So I finished my My Cup of Tea Mitts by Isabel of Fluffy Fibers. And those I knit in Magpie Fibers Swanky Sock in the Selkie colorway. Those were mitts that I added fingers to for my daughter, Alex. And I also knit the Elephant Park Hat by Gabrielle Dancenit for my granddaughter, Olivia. And those both got sent up to them in Spokane, Washington in time for Christmas. And the Elephant Park Hat was a huge hit. So I knit that one in Neighborhood Fiber Company's Studio Worsted, same yarn I'm wearing at the moment, but I used a dark red for Olivia's hat, and it has elephants around it, and I knit those in gray yarn that has sequins in it. And then I put a little gray, a little, a pretty big gray pom-pom on top, Mm. like a faux fur Mm pom-pom that snaps on and off. Well, I think Alex was more impressed with the pom-pom than with the hat, (laughs) but everybody else loved the hat. I already have a picture of Olivia wearing the hat. The pink one that I knit for her, my faded pink little beanie, too tight. Oh, her noggin is already so big that that hat was too tight. So I gave Alex advice on how to block it out and stretch it out. I said, you can make that happen. (laughs) So those two gifts got off where they needed to go in time for the holidays. And then I knit a whole sweater since our last episode. I mentioned in the last episode that my daughter, Josie, my 20 year old, asked me for a sweater. First time ever she's asked me for a sweater. And I've knit her several hats that she wears all the time. So I knew she'd be a good knit recipient, Mm -hmm. very knit worthy. And she said, I want to come over and pattern shop with you. And then I want to go yarn shopping with you. And she set aside four hours of her day (laughs) because she knew it would take a long time. And I knew that her tendency has been to wear super oversized sweaters lately. I think it's the thing, you know, these big like blanket sweaters. Sweater coats. Yeah, exactly. And I thought, oh, the Dottie cardigan that I stocked a few episodes Mm -hmm. ago by Stephanie Jessica Lau, who is all about Ami on Ravelry. It's a very large, oversized, textured sweater in bulky yarn. And I showed it to Josie and I said, what about this? And she said, oh my gosh, I love it. First sweater I showed her. Oh, wow. And I said, really? And she said, I love that. And I said, okay, well, a couple things to think about. It's bulky weight yarn, so it's going to be really thick. And she said, I want bulky. I want it oversized. I want it in tweed and maybe fuzzy. And maybe with cables, because I saw a sweater downtown that had cables on it. She's flipping out all the knitting words. All and she's, the things. Exactly. She's super proud of herself. Like, yeah, my boyfriend didn't know what cables are, but I know what cables are. My boyfriend doesn't know what tweed yarn is, but I know what tweed yarn is. I'm like, you better know what tweed yarn is. So we picked out the pattern in five minutes and then headed down to the Swift Stitch and 
Luckily for me, she didn't find yarn there that she liked because this sweater uses a lot of yarn. And, oh, her other parameter, it had to be washable and dryable. Oh. She said, 20 years old, I'm not trustworthy mm-hmm. enough. I need it to be washable. Yeah. And I said, okay, we'll start at the Swiss Stitch, but I doubt they're going to have a bulky washable yarn yeah. that'll work for this. So we ended up at Beverly's Fabrics, which is the closest Santa Cruz gets to a box store, pretty much. And they carry the Red Heart and Lion and all those yarns that are very durable acrylic yarns. And we walked in and there's not a huge yarn selection there. There's like one half of an aisle that's yarn. And she started picking up different things and she said, well, can we put two yarns together? And I said, well, of course we can hold two yarns doubled. And first she found this fluffy acrylic that was bulky and had a halo to it. And that was called Dreamy Yarn by Red Heart. And it's a bulky weight yarn. And it was like 400 and something yards to the skein. So it's it a was, pretty big skein. It was a, it was a big yeah, skein. Yeah, very substantial. Yeah. And then I said, okay, but that's not quite thick enough for the, the actual pattern. And we picked up a bunch of other yarns and held them doubled. And she found a tweed yarn that she liked. And it wasn't in the right color. So then we went through all these other combinations and all of a sudden I found a tweed yarn that was a little bit darker than the dreamy. So Mm -hmm. the dreamy was like a light tealish color and the tweed, which was Mary Maxim's natural alpaca tweed, which was 20% alpaca. All the rest was um, acrylic and they looked really, really good together. Yeah, they do. It was amazing. So we, they had all the yarn we needed except for one of the big skeins they didn't have, which I checked and I could order it online. And I just finished the sweater and it used about, let's see, five skeins of the natural alpaca. So that was about 1100 yards of yarn. Wow. And it's massive. She tried <laughs> it, it on periodically as I went. When I first swatched for it, I thought, oh, this is way too dense. You know, this is going to be like an armored jacket. Mm-hmm. And she looked at the swatch and she said, no, that's exactly what I want. I want it to be dense so that the air doesn't get through. I want it to be warm. I'm going to wear it like a blanket. I want the sleeves to cover my hands. She had all what she wanted in her head, which was fantastic. Yeah. And she watched the progress as I knit it and just... Charlene was over right before we left to record. I have one pocket left to seam on. Mm. Everything else is done. And it is a seamed sweater, bottom up construction. It's a free pattern on Ravelry, but you can purchase a more detailed pattern through her Etsy shop, which is what I did. I think it was $3.99 or something. And very, very basic, super duper basic. And instead of doing it in pieces and seaming it, I did it in the round up to the underarms and then separated and did a three needle bind off at the top of the shoulders. And then I picked up stitches and knit the sleeves top down. Perfect. Yeah. So instead of all that seaming work. So the only seaming I had were the pockets, but she has tried it on. She tried it on for different sleeve lengths as I was knitting it. She tried it on to figure out where the pockets should go and she's coming over tomorrow to pick it up. Awesome. I know. I'm so happy. <laughs> so that's the Dottie Cardigan by Stephanie Jessica Lau in almost 100% acrylic yarn that actually all told for all the yarn was like $62. Which so, is great for a sweater coat. For a sweater coat. Mm-hmm. So that's two yarns held doubled for a gigantic sweater coat, 62 bucks. Nice. So 
pretty good deal. Yeah. And she loves it. So that's why I have not been working on the Wee Malia. So now <laughs> that gift is done. And now I'm cranking on Wee Malia. And believe me, after that, it's selfish knitting for at least a month or two, at least. Well, and the important thing about the whole story you just told, you ended, you said she loves it. Yep. And no matter what yarn you choose, no matter what the price range is, that's the important thing right there. If you go with an acrylic, if you go with a hundred percent wool, if you go with whatever fits your budget, as long as the recipient or yourself, you love it, there you go. Yeah. That's, that's so the true. main thing right there. Yeah. And I only mentioned the price because she had that specific requirement. It must be washable. Yeah. And I think so. that's great because sweaters, nice sweaters can be made with more affordable yarns. Yes. They're out there. Seek them out. <laughs> and they were, they were nice acrylic yarns. They did not squeak on my needles. Yeah. And when they were blocked, they were so soft. Yeah. The sweater is the remarkably sweater soft. Is really soft. And it's so pretty. It is pretty. So and pretty. The dreamy yarn with that halo, Josie commented when we were trying it on her, one of us got our bracelet caught on it. Yeah. And I was like, it was me, I think. And I said, oh no, I put the first snag in your sweater. Darn it. And she's like, oh, but look, the fuzz on this yarn camouflages <laughs> it. So, you know, another bonus. You don't, yep. you can barely even see the snag. <laughs> so yes, very happy ending to yeah. that story. So it's no secret that Gail and I really enjoy knitting sweaters. Yeah, it's kind of our thing. <laughs> it's our favorite thing. And Listeners always comment to us, oh, you, you make so many sweaters. You, your pro productivity is so high on sweaters. And mostly it's just our happy place. That's where we get our knitting joy from. We love making sweaters. So we thought it would be really fun to share our love of sweaters in several school of knit segments where we look at different aspects of knitting a sweater from picking the pattern on down to skills, different skills. We'll look at different skills in future episodes. Yeah. There've been a lot of people over the years who have asked us lots of sweater questions <laughs> and a lot of people also who comment that because of listening to the podcast, they were brave enough to tackle their first sweater. Their first sweater. So yay. Yay. Let's, <laughs> we, we are kind of hoping that this will inspire anyone who's listening who hasn't tried a sweater to try it. At least by the end of the year or the end of the series or whatever, however long it ends up being, yeah. you'll feel like you have the confidence to do your own sweater because you'll know what goes into it, the elements, the skills you need. And if you are a sweater knitter, hopefully you will ask questions and keep the conversation going and give us some suggestions for some higher level skills as well. Yeah, and share your knowledge with the other people who are starting out on their sweater knitting careers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so we thought a good place to start would be picking a pattern because we've had a lot of questions in just the last few months from people asking, what are the best ways to choose a pattern on Ravelry? I kind of, when thinking about 
what I do to pick a pattern. I have two categories. I have the technical things I look at, and then I have my reality checks. Like, Mm -hmm. is it something I'm going to wear? Is it something that I already own? Blah, blah, blah. They're separate. Mm -hmm. There's like two categories that I ended up in my notes, my show notes, thinking about this particular topic. Because if you look on different pattern pages in Ravelry, designers are not required to complete all the fields. So some of them might give you a gauge, some might not. Some might give you yarn requirements, some might not. Some might have a really great list of skills in the keywords, some not so much. Some have a really great description in words, some don't have anything at all. Some are expensive, some are not. So what do you look at? And if you see that things are missing, how is that a clue? on whether or not it's the best right. purchase. Right. And the first thing that I wrote was, do I know the designer? Mm-hmm. So one, do I know, have I knit patterns by this designer before? Is this a designer whose patterns I enjoy knitting? And if not, as Charlene has said recently, you look at their portfolio of work and see how many people have knit their different patterns. So you can see if they're a highly knit designer, which often will indicate that they have higher quality patterns. Not always, but usually. Right. And check to see if there are some other designs by that designer that perhaps you have heard of, or it's sometimes I'll look in projects to see if I know somebody who has knit Mm -hmm. one of the designer's designs that I have never used before. I also like to check comments about the patterns and also comments in people's project pages. I look at finished objects. I look at project pages. So the knitters look at their happiness with the garment that Mm -hmm. they've finished. And now you can rate patterns on Ravel. Well, you always could you rate always patterns, could, but now they but prompt now you prompt. to exactly. rate them. So exactly. look at how the pattern is rated. They, it's usually rated in terms of one to five for how much your happiness with it. And then there's another scale that you can use for how difficult it was. Mm-hmm. So I think it starts at a piece of cake and goes on to very difficult. Yeah. And when looking at FOs, one thing that Charlene and I have talked about many times, both on the the podcast and not is when you're looking at the pictures of a pattern, the actual pattern pictures that are featured on Ravelry, sometimes the FOs don't really look like those pattern pictures. You know, they're highlight with the photographer and model maybe pictures, especially if it's in a magazine. So looking at the FO pictures, I think is extremely important because then you can see how those two things compare, the mm-hmm. professional pictures versus on real people. So were there some shenanigans done with the, photo- <laughs> the photographs? That really happens. I mean, yes, people it does. will paperclip or, or clothespin sweaters in the back to make them look like they fit better. It's This really happens. So it's a real thing that you should look at the FO pictures because things are not always what they right. seem. That's what I always do when I first look at a pattern. It's usually studying that sample that's on the pattern page because initially that's probably what draws me to a pattern Mm -hmm. is something about that pattern photo. So I like to look at that pattern photo and figure out, okay, what is it that has attracted me? Is it 
is this pattern selling me a lifestyle or a garment? Mm -hmm. Is this a style of garment that I've made before and that I enjoy wearing? Is there something about the styling that attracts me? If it's somebody that's wearing a sweater and jeans and boots, something that I commonly wear, then I'll be more attracted to it than if it's something, some kind of outfit that I don't commonly wear. Is the sweater perhaps my favorite color? (laughs) That's always a gotcha for me. (laughs) Yeah. Is it a yarn that I like to use? Perhaps sometimes the Ravelry suggestions come up because you've used a yarn that Mm -hmm. you or, or there's a yarn that you commonly like, or maybe you've searched for patterns using a particular yarn. So is it a yarn that you've liked? So the algorithm that shows yeah. you patterns you might like. Right. Yeah, it could be based on your yarn choices. I like to make sure that whatever it is, that thing that has drawn me to that sample photograph is really something that's relevant for me. For example... If I, if it, if it's a lifestyle photo where it shows a beautiful house or somebody walking along a beach, mm-hmm. now is it the lifestyle I'm attracted to or is it the garment? So I need to make sure that whatever that thing is, is relevant for me. Very so good that's, way to that's describe the that. first thing that I look for. <laughs> and I wanted to comment one thing I just said about knowing the designer mm-hmm. and does the designer have a lot of knits that doesn't always indicate that they're it does a good pattern no. designer I should I should uh, well, make sure to clarify that but it it's always a it, it is a place to start yes it's just like with any industry there's going to be more well-known items in in just about any industry mm-hmm and you you will always be shown those things first. So that's where you start. It may not be where you end up, but it's a good place to start. And asking other people is a good place. So you mentioned mm-hmm. a second ago that if you see there's a design that you're curious about, you're stocking it, and you look to see if any of your friends have knit that garment, I have reached out to people I know and asked them about Mm -hmm. patterns before, Mm -hmm. you know, was this a well-written pattern? Did it have this? Did it have that? Not asking them to share the pattern with me, but just asking to get enough information to know Mm -hmm. if it's something I actually want to knit. And don't be afraid to ping the designer. Yes. Especially if it is is a designer, perhaps a new designer, a designer who's just getting started. You see a design, you don't know much about them, you don't know anyone who has knit their pattern. Perhaps they don't have the skills needed on their pattern page. Send them a quick message and say, hey, I'm an intermediate or beginner knitter. What skills do I need to knit your pattern? And that serves two purposes. One, it gives you the information. Hopefully the designer will be responsive if they're, especially if they're a new designer mm-hmm. and are anxious to have people knit their pattern. Hopefully they'll be responsive, give you the information that they need. And then secondly, hopefully it will let them know that maybe other knitters will have this question and they can add that information to the pattern page. Exactly. It could help them better their right, overall better their presentation. Yeah. Another thing that you shouldn't be afraid to ask is if they have had the pattern tech edited. Some designers will say that their pattern has been professionally tech edited on the pattern page. Some 
have it tech edited and don't put that information. Some don't have it tech edited. So it's a fair question to ask, I think. And give some more explanation of what tech editing is for people who may not be familiar. Tech editing, as I understand it, is another set of eyes that's going to go over the pattern, do all the maths, make sure everything is going to work out to the best of their knowledge. So all the stitch counts are accurate and all of the increases and decreases are correct. And if there's seeming information or whatever, that they're all, all the information is correct and accurate so that you get the correct finished item. And hopefully align the pattern with the same style so that if a certain skill is needed in one part of the pattern, and if that same skill is used in another part of the pattern, hopefully it will be written the same way so that you understand that when they say a certain kind of decrease, it's you, this same decrease is written the same way in different parts of the right. pattern. Unless that it's kind a of thing. specifically Unless a different, it's different decrease. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that kind of thing. And then not all patterns are tech edited and that doesn't, that also doesn't necessarily mean that they're bad. I know for a fact I've used patterns that have not been tech edited and they've been usable, but it's just another thing, another level of caution, something else to look out for, something to check for. Yeah. So there, we've listed off a lot of things. Yes, we have. (laughs) Yeah. Most of that should be obvious on the Ravelry pattern page. Yeah. It should have a good description. It should tell you the yarn requirements, the gauge, Mm, things like that. Because occasionally you'll get these patterns that have a lot of information, but then they don't have the yarn requirements. So you're like, do I have enough stash or do I not? I really don't know because you didn't tell me. It really doesn't do a pattern service if you have, as a designer, you have the sizes listed, but then you don't have the yardage requirements for each size Mm -hmm. on the pattern page. A knitter shouldn't have to purchase a pattern to find out how much yarn is necessary to make a project. So that always annoys me when that information is not included Mm -hmm. on a pattern page. Which is a good time to actually send an email to the designer and say, can you let me know? And hopefully they would add that to the Ravelry description. And then another thing that's important to check is the fiber that's used for the piece. Is the fiber one that you would like to work with? Is it something that you would substitute? And if you're going to substitute, what characteristics of the fiber used for the samples do you need to keep in mind when choosing your substitute? Also a big, a big, 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 choice. Yeah. Because if there's a sweater, for example, that's made in wool, you could change it completely by suddenly choosing to knit it in cotton, for example. Yeah. That may be a poor choice. Yeah. If it's something that needs drape and it's knit with the mostly silk yarn, changing that to wool isn't is going to give you a completely different garment. So these are all things that as you learn about fiber more, you recognize on site as you're looking at that pattern page in Ravelry, you'll realize, okay, this 
fiber gives this characteristic or quality to the garment. Therefore, if I'm going to sub out a yarn, I need something that has a very similar type of fiber. Right. And if it's a pattern that has been knit a lot, when you're looking in Ravelry, you can look at yarns that knitters have used. And that's always helpful to look at other choices because people do a lot of substitution on yes, Ravelry. <laughs> a ton. I very seldom will knit a pattern in the exact yarn right. that's stated. Right, right. And then, of course, sizing and fit. You need to look at the sizes of the garment, make sure that the sizing is compatible with what you want in a finished object, make sure that the fit of the garment is compatible with the finished look you want to achieve, and then something that Gail and I both really are advocates for in patterns is a schematic. We love it. And it's almost necessary mm -hmm. for me to start with a schematic when I am picking my size because garments fit differently. And at this point in my knitting career, I have a lot of sweaters that I can just physically lay out and measure. And if I have a sweater that's similar to the one that I am planning on making, I will choose my size often that way by just measuring a garment that I've already made. Or if you don't have one that you've already made, perhaps you have one in your wardrobe that is a similar style or fits in a way that you want to achieve when you make your garment. And you can lay that out and measure that as well. Yeah, and a schematic for those of you who aren't sweater knitters oh, yes. or haven't Please knit a sweater explain. yet <laughs> is basically a line drawing of mm -hmm. the sweater with yeah. measurements, usually for the neckline, the sleeve width, the sleeve length, the body length, often the yoke length, so from the collar to the underarm, mm -hmm. and various other, if it's an A-line, it will have the width at the bust and then the bottom of the sweater. Mm -hmm. If it has other shaping, like an hourglass shape, it might have other measurements for the different areas of the sweater, like the waist, for example. And like Charlene said, a lot of us use that schematic to inform what size we're going to knit. And if you look at the pattern pictures, and then you look at the pictures of other people wearing the garment, and then you look at the schematic, you could also judge, for example, the length of the sweater depending on where you like it to hit on your body and depending on the style of the sweater some might be written to be rather long. And if you're a new sweater knitter, you might knit to that length, just expecting it to look like it, you know, the way it looks on the model is going to be the way it looks on you. So even if you look at a schematic, you have to know how you want it to fit your body and take those things into account. Like if the sweater's 19 inches long, I know automatically that's too long. I want it to be 16 inch because that's where my high hip is. So some of it is like Charlene said, measure a sweater that you have that fits well, mm -hmm. and then adapt the pattern to that based on what the schematic is showing. So a lot of those are really easy fixes that we'll talk about in other episodes. Mm -hmm. So it's really easy to take the schematic, compare it to a sweater you already have, and make adjustments. So if you look at a schematic and say, oh, I don't like that, it doesn't necessarily mean that you shouldn't knit the sweater, but it's a very important piece. Right of the overall pattern. Right, right. 
And it sounds simplistic, but a lot of times you can take a basic set in sleeve, plain t-shirt and put that on. And I'm talking just like very inexpensive kind of t-shirt that has set in sleeves. You can look at them or try them on in different sizes and get an idea of how different chest measurements of a sweater will fit. You can also measure the armhole length mm -hmm. on a set in sleeve t-shirt. You can find raglan sleeve t-shirts in stores as well and measure the armhole length, measure the length from the armhole to the hem that you like or the length that you like so that you know the distance from the bottom of the armhole to the hem that you like. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are intimidated by taking their own measurements and it is hard. You have to, you have to have somebody else work with you to get a good set of measurements and a good set of measurements is probably the preferred way to go when you're trying to figure out a perfect way to size things. But I have recommended the t-shirt method mm -hmm. to a lot of people. And a lot of people have said that it helps them. It's not perfect, but it helps them. And a lot of the sweaters commonly found on hot right now, right now, are not super fitted exactly. anyway. Yeah. So there is a little bit more leeway than when the style was for much more fitted sweaters. Yeah. Much more fitted sweaters are going to be more difficult to start with because the margin of error is different than something that's oversized anyway. Mm -hmm. Because if you're making something that's oversized anyway, if something comes out an inch, two, three, sometimes depending on how oversized it is, it's not going to make any difference. Yeah. Whereas a very fitted sweater, an inch, two or three, the wrong direction could be the difference between a garment fitting and not fitting Yeah, or not fitting well. <laughs> so those kind of fall into my reality check category. So mm -hmm. we talked about the, the technical stuff, the descriptions, the keywords, the gauge, the yarn requirements, things like that. Those are like the technical mm -hmm. things. And then mm -hmm. the, the, the personal things are like looking at the pictures. Is it a mm -hmm. lifestyle yes. that they're selling you yeah. or is it, is it a sweater you'll actually knit? And those, like the sizing stuff, if, if, is it positivities or is it oversized? Those are things that give you more freedom, especially if it's your first sweater ever. But always consider the option of knitting a child size sweater for your first sweater. Mm -hmm. So those, they take less yarn. They use all the same techniques as an adult size sweater, but it's a much faster, it's a shorter time commitment basically for your knitting time. So that's another option too, mm -hmm. if you want to start your first sweater this year. And maybe that doesn't fit into your personal lifestyle if you don't have <laughs> a child, but maybe you have your child adjacent somewhere and you have a child somewhere in your life that you can knit for. And the whole trying on something or using something already in your wardrobe, 
I've really started to look at that in terms of, am I going to wear this sweater? What will I wear it with? Am I just knitting it because it's trendy and pretty or is it something that I'm actually going to knit? Yeah. And going to wear. Thank you. Going to wear. The, one of the pattern examples, I talked about this in a recent podcast. I thought for sure I'd knit the pattern. I had the exact yarn in my stash. I was so excited. It was Andrea Mowry's Heartstrings Crop. And I bought the pattern right away because I was a hundred percent sure I was going to knit that with some modifications. But then I didn't like the fabric I got with the designated yarn that I happened to have in my stash. I didn't like it for color work. So even if you do pick a pattern, you think you've already checked off all these boxes. You've looked, you know, you've checked the gauge, you've checked the yarn requirements, you've checked all these things and you know you're good to go. It's going to work in your, your closet anyways. Sometimes the pattern is still a bust. So even if you've done all of your research and you think for sure that this is a pattern that's going to work, don't be disappointed if you've purchased a pattern and then find out it's really not going to work for what you want. That just means it was a learning experience and you pick a different pattern. I was going to mention that too, because pattern pages don't include every piece of information Mm -hmm. that you need to make your decision. And you might get a pattern. This has happened to me before. And you look at the, it was a cowl. You look at the cowl, it's beautiful. You get the pattern and you realize that, oh, I hate knit three together. (laughs) And the entire piece uses that one stitch, not necessarily that stitch, but whatever stitch it is that you really hate to do. Like I don't like linen stitch. It would drive me crazy. Yeah. If uh, the whole piece includes something that you don't like, it could still be a bust for you. Yeah. Yeah. So it happens. It really does happen sometimes. And my last bit of advice is if you're on the fence and you haven't quite, you really think you might want to knit it, but you're not sure you haven't purchased the pattern yet, ask someone you trust Yeah. what they think. Is, do you think this will look good on me? Do you think this is something that I'd actually wear? I always ask Max and I always ask Charlene. <laughs> it's like, am I really going to wear this sweater? So asking for the advice of someone you trust is yeah, always definitely. a good way to make the final decision. And wow, if you can get beyond all of that, maybe <laughs> you'll pick a pattern. We make it sound like a lot of work, don't we? Yeah, it's really not. It's just, it's just more knowledge you get as you start. If you haven't knit a sweater before, yeah. or even if you have, there are still things that you can learn along the way. Like Charlene has often said she wishes she could see patterns before she purchases Mm -hmm. them. In the case of the stitch that I don't like to do. (laughs) Exactly. And there was, I can't remember who posted it, but it was in the whole discussion about patterns. Someone, and I don't remember the designer, had an option to view the pattern before you bought it. Oh, I remember that. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe, Maybe that will become more common. Exactly. Because it has also become more common for designers to include a schematic picture in the pictures I of really the pattern like on the that. pattern My page. My love yeah. of schematics, I have, I really appreciate that. Yeah, because it used to be you had to buy the pattern to see, to the, see schematic. the schematic. Well, yes. a lot of designers now have that option right in the side. The different pictures listed on the left-hand side will often include a schematic picture. Yes. So that's something that a lot of people have the option to look at before they purchase yes. the pattern. Yes. 
So there's the first in our series, and we'll be talking about things like different sweater fits, different sleeves, like Charlene was mentioning, set in sleeve and raglan and things like that. There are a lot of different sweaters out there that are good first sweaters or beginner sweaters, and we'll talk about different specific patterns and the techniques you need. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So we hope you enjoyed our School of Knit yeah. segment, first and for the year for 2020. <laughs> and please put any questions you have about sweater knitting right in the thread. And we will, if we're not already planning to talk about it, we will work those in. So I'm knitting. <laughs> I am literally knitting with my hands with no, the microphone cord. I, I, I was, I was, I was doing this. I was finger knitting with the microphone cord because I was knitting on the Wee Malia and I blew it on the cables because I can't knit cables and talk at the same time. So I had to set my knitting down. So I'm hand, I'm finger knitting with the microphone cord instead. Never okay. not knitting like Alana would say. Well, I hope you all had a happy new year. We're very excited about the 2020 editorial calendar. We and are. Just excited about knitting. I'm almost done with my gift knitting. Yay! <laughs> And we hope that your self-indulgent knitting is going well. And Happy New Year, everyone. Yes, Happy New Year. And Happy Knitting. Bye-bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniacs Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniacs.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniacs Podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gales is Gaily Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gaily Whaley.